0: Well, today we are going to wrap up our series entitled Small Faith, and a few weeks ago uh, we gave everybody a little pack of mustard and we just uh, wanted to put something in your hand just as a reminder that you already have everything that you need to live the life that God has called you to live. So let's kind of dive right in today. So we said that small faith is really about a shift in our thinking, that we have to change the way we think. And it's a shift in our thinking that moves us from being disqualified to being qualified. Because it's small faith in Jesus Christ that literally qualifies us to live the life that God has. In Matthew chapter 17, the Bible says, and the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out, talking about the boy who had a demonic spirit? And Jesus answered them, because of your unbelief, literally no faith, because you had no faith, Jesus said. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Jesus did not say we needed big faith, Jesus did not say we needed more faith. As a matter of fact, there's another gospel account where the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Lord, increase our faith. And you know what Jesus says? Jesus said, if you just have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. So we don't need big faith. We don't need more faith. We don't need God to increase our faith because God has already given to every man and every woman the measure of faith so that through faith in Jesus Christ, every mountain can be moved, and nothing will be impossible because we believe. Amen? Nothing will be impossible because we believe. We recognize that God never asks us to do the impossible. He does ask us to believe, small faith, right, to believe that the impossible is possible. Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith expects the good, that's hope. Faith expects the good that God has promised and faith sees what God says as a reality. So we we asked the question, how do I know if I'm in faith? And we said, you know you're in faith when you expect good and when you see the promise of God as a reality in your life. You know you're in faith when there's an expectation of good. You're expecting good things to happen. You're expecting God to move. You're expecting the miracle to come. You're expecting the provision to come. You're expecting the breakthrough to happen. You know you're in faith because there's a spirit of expectation. And now there is a vision that you begin to see the impossible. Really, faith is about a perception. You begin to perceive that something is changing and something is happening and something is becoming. And on the other side of the darkness, there's light. And on the other side of sickness, there's healing, and on the other side of being broke, busted, and disgusted, there's financial provision, blessing, and favor, and goodness, and grace. And all of a sudden, you begin to perceive those things because you have a spirit of faith. So, faith expects and faith sees what God has promised us. So, let's look at that next point. So, you don't have to do the impossible. You just have to believe that God can. Amen. I we don't have to do the impossible. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. We just have to believe that God can do the impossible. Small faith removes you and it removes me from the equation and it places the weight upon God. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. He didn't say have faith in yourself, have faith in your money, have faith in your career, have faith in your connections. He said have faith in God. And we made the statement last week that if you, if you filter the promises of God through your abilities, you're always going to disqualify yourself. But if you filter the promises of God through his sufficiency, then you're qualified to receive everything that God has promised, because the same God that promised it is the same God that's able to do what he said in our lives, amen? And so we don't have to be able to do what God calls us to do, we just have to believe that God can do what he said he could do, because he is able. Anybody believe that today, amen? Amen. amen. That was weak. Anybody believe he's able today? Yes. Verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. If you believe what you say, you will have whatever you say. Look at that next point. We said faith comes by hearing and faith is released by speaking. When you say what God says, you release faith. And we said, here's a spiritual progression. You have to hear the word to believe God, to speak the word, to receive the promise. You have to hear, and then you, once you hear, you believe. Once you believe, you speak. And once you speak, you receive the promise of God. And so faith comes by hearing. And we really challenged you last week. I challenged you to make sure that you are not allowing your ears to be so bombarded with the report of the world. Because Fear comes by hearing too, right? When you hear what the world says, it creates fear. When you hear what God says, it creates faith. That's a good indicator as to whether what you're hearing is from the Lord or from the, is from the Lord or from the world. Does it does it stir up faith or does it stir up fear? Right, all the time. Think about that. When you're watching those Facebook videos and everybody's got a word from the Lord, let me ask you a question: Does it stir up faith? Does it stir up fear? That's a good indicator because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God's word releases faith. The report of the world releases fear. And if I'm cowering back in fear, I'm not in faith. And if I'm stepping forward in faith, then guess what? I'm not in fear, praise God. And I can walk in and walk out what God has because he is faithful who is promised because all we have to do is believe. So faith comes by hearing and faith is released by speaking. When we say what God says, amazing things begin to happen. So look at that next point. This is where we're going today. So small faith turns simple acts of obedience simple acts of obedience into supernatural works because we believe. Small faith turns simple acts of obedience into supernatural works because we believe. Why? Because we believe. John chapter 14 verse 12, if you don't know this scripture, you should memorize it. Look what it says. Jesus is speaking. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus said anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I did and greater works than I did will you do because I go to the Father and because you believe in me. Now what I love about this statement that Jesus made is Jesus reaffirms something to us. He reaffirms that faith is about removing ourselves from the equation. He didn't say anyone who believes in themselves can do what I did. He said anyone who believes in me can do what I did. Now we live in a world today where we have a elevated self-image. Now let me just go ahead and make a confession. I, I love the little Disney movies. I love all the the little uh, overcoming all the odd movies. I love those, you know, the, the the loser guy becomes the hero guy. I love all those movies. But you know what? The message of just about all of those movies are believe in yourself, believe in yourself, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. 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 Well, that's the message of Hollywood. You know what the message of the Holy Word is? Believe in God. 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 And I don't think we need an unhealthy image of ourselves, but I want you to understand something. The only way you can have a healthy image of yourself is to view yourself in the light of Christ. See, we need a healthy image of God. Because any image of yourself, anything that you believe about yourself that is not filtered through the image of Christ is a distorted image of yourself. Let me say that again. Anything that you believe about yourself that is not filtered through the image of Christ is a distorted image. And that distorted image will pervert the purpose of God. It will pervert the, the plan of God. And it will disrupt the, the, the promises of God from becoming a reality in your life. So Jesus said, don't have faith in yourself. Believe in God believe in God because we need a healthy God image because the more clearly I see him the more confidently I can live my life amen because once you know the one in whom you believe then you can live the life God's called you to live because it's not about self-belief or self-sufficiency. It's about a God belief and a God sufficiency that trumps everything in this world. So Jesus said, if you believe in me, you can do the same works that I did and even greater works than these will you do. Now look at this next point. So we can do the same works and even greater works than Jesus Because Jesus never did the impossible. Now, before you stone me, y'all just hold on for a minute. I'm going to read that again. We can do the same works and even greater works than Jesus did because Jesus never did the impossible. He believed the impossible and it's small faith that changes everything. Well, Pastor Keith, I don't agree with that. Jesus did the impossible. No, no, no. I want you to bear with me today. I I want to let you take a little journey with me today because I want us to see something. I want us to see that Jesus never did the impossible. Jesus just believed the impossible was possible. And if Jesus never did the impossible, but he believed the impossible was possible, then guess what? I can do what Jesus did. We're going to see that today. We're going to see that you can do what Jesus did and you can get the same results Jesus got because Jesus never did the impossible. He just believed that the impossible was possible and he trusted the Father Amen? So we're going to see that. Now let me just give you a little, a little information. The Bible, uh, the New Testament actually records, the Gospels actually record 37 miracles that Jesus performed in his earthly mer- ministry. 37 recorded supernatural acts that Jesus performed while he was here on planet earth. But I want you to see this. I don't know if you know this scripture. John 21 verse 25 is an awesome scripture. It says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did which if they were written down one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So the Bible says that that the apostle John said Jesus did, yeah, we recorded 37 miracles, but Jesus did so many amazing things that if we were to write them down, the world couldn't even hold the books that would contain them. Why? Because Jesus lived a supernatural life because he believed that the impossible was possible. Now let me just clarify something real quick before we go on. Because we're about to look at the life of Jesus and if you're not careful, you will disqualify yourself with this one little thought. Here's the thought that disqualifies many Christians. Yeah, but that was Jesus. Oh, I I can't do what he did because that was Jesus. I can't live like he lived because that was Jesus. You know, Jesus was the son of God. And I can't do what Jesus did because I'm not God. Well, you're exactly right. You're not God, praise the Lord, and I'm not either. But let me tell you what I do know about Jesus. Jesus was the son of God, but Jesus was also the son of man. And when Jesus came to earth, Jesus did not do what he did as God. Jesus did what he did as a man empowered by the spirit of God. Because if Jesus would have done what he did as God, then I couldn't do what Jesus did because I'm not God and you're not either. But if Jesus did what he did as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit, then I can do what Jesus did because I'm a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. How about you? So you've got to understand that, because if you don't, you'll disqualify yourself with that little phrase, well, that was Jesus, and I'm not Jesus, and I can't do what Jesus did. Well, if you say you can't do what Jesus did, you just call Jesus a liar, because Jesus said you can do what he did, and even greater works than he did, because you believe in him. So let's look at the life and ministry of Jesus and just kind of take an honest assessment today. Let's look at what Jesus really did. Matthew chapter 9. It says, and when he had come, speaking of Jesus, into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, look at this, isn't it interesting? Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. And he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. So let's, let's be honest here today. Let's not over-spiritualize it. What did Jesus really do? Well, this is what he did. The Bible says he touched their eyes. Now, I know we're, we're not supposed to be touching our eyes, or our nose, and our mouth. So why don't you just put your hand right here on the side of your head right here, just for, just help me out. So just put your hand right here. And then I want everybody to say, according to your faith, to your faith be, it you. be it unto you. Guess what? You just did what Jesus did. Isn't that what he did? He touched his eyes and he said, According to your faith, be it unto you. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, if you did that, you just did what Jesus did. You did it. Why? Because Jesus never did the impossible, Jesus believed that the impossible was possible. He believed that it was the will of God to heal. He believed it was the will of God to save. He believed it was the will of God for people to be redeemed, restored, and made whole. He believed that God loved people, and God cared about people, and it was not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He believed that God the Father wanted people delivered, restored, saved, and set free. So every time he spoke, and every time he acted, he acted by faith in the revelation of a good, good father who cares about people. See, the truth is, is God wants your miracle more than you do. He wants you healed, delivered, and set free. He wants your family saved and serving the Lord. He wants every chain of bondage and addiction broken off of people's lives. He is a good, good father, and Jesus believed that. He believed that it was the will of God that we would have life and have it more abundantly. He believed it. Look at our next scripture. Mark chapter three. It says, and Jesus went to the synagogue again, noticed a man with a deformed hand. And since it was the Sabbath day, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. For if he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to the man with a deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. And then he turned to his critics and asked, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save a life or is it a day to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. And Jesus looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Let me stop there for a second because this is amazing. So here's the scribes and the Pharisees that are so bound by the law that they can't see the liberty and the freedom that it was supposed to bring. Let me give you a revelation today. The law of God is intended to serve man. Man is not intended to serve the law. The law serves us why? Because the law liberates us to have an intimate personal relationship with God. The commandments of the Lord the Bible says in 1 John are not burdensome. They're not wearyful. Why? Because they liberate us and empower us. We don't serve the law. The law serves us so we can live the life God has called us to live. Amen? Now look at the next part. And Jesus said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. Jesus said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. So everybody do this. Everybody hold out your hand. And then just say it with me Hold out your hand. hand. You just did what Jesus did. Isn't that what he did? Jesus looked at this man with a withered hand and he said, Hold out your hand. Bam! You just did it. You just did what Jesus did. He said, Hold out your hand your hand why because jesus never did the impossible he just believed the impossible was possible simple acts of obedience small faith turns simple acts of obedience into supernatural works one more scripture y'all ready y'all got a little more scripture in you today y'all good yes. john 11 and jesus said take away the stone and martha the sister of him who was dead said lord by this time there's a stench for he's already been dead for four days and Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, if you would what? Believe. If you would what? Believe. If you would believe, you'd see the glory of God. And Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying and Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. So Jesus said, what did he really do? Jesus said, y'all say it with me in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Say it like you mean it. Lazarus, come forth. You just did what Jesus did. And dead men got up and started walking. Isn't that what he did? Not impossible. He just believed that the impossible was possible. He never did the impossible. You go home and read the miracles of Jesus and you'll find out when you really read what he did, he never did anything impossible. As a matter of fact, when he died, Jesus said that God the Father raised him from the dead. That's what the Bible says. It says God raised Jesus from the dead. You know what? Jesus didn't even raise himself from the dead. All Jesus did was die. Guess what? You can do that too. Right? And God raised Jesus from the dead. And through his death, salvation, healing, deliverance, redemption, came to all humanity all he did what was possible he just believed that the impossible was possible next scripture mark chapter 4 and Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and the, said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They, he was asleep in the boat. They were afraid they were going to die. They woke him up. Jesus gets up. He rebukes the winds and the waves and he says it. Y'all say it with me. He says, peace, be still. You just did what Jesus did. See, the only reason you're not calming the winds and the waves is you're not speaking to them. I shared with you last week, tornadoes were coming. They put a tornado warning on Marshall County, and immediately I began to rebuke the storm and command it to disperse and be broken in Jesus' name. And I wasn't the only one. Just as fast as they got the warning up, they took it down. Well, Pastor Keith, that was a coincidence. No, it wasn't a coincidence. It was God. Because I believe that I can do what Jesus did. And Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves. And I can do that too, and so can you. As a matter of fact, we just did Amen? We just did what Jesus did. Matthew 14. Y'all still good? And that evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowd away so they can go to the villages and buy food. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, Jesus said. He, took the, he told the people to sit out in the grass. He took the five loaves the two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. And then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciple picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. What did Jesus really do? He told the people to sit out, and then he blessed the food. He blessed the food. Lord, bless his food and multiply in Jesus' name. I don't know if he said Jesus' name because he was Jesus. <laughs> That's what I say. He blessed it. That's all he did. I don't know about you guys. Every time I eat a meal, I bless my food. Yesterday, I was blessed. I was saying, Lord, let there be one more rib left. I really want one more, Lord. It was. <laughs> and it was good. I don't know if it was a miracle, but It was good. We've all blessed our food. We've blessed our children. We've blessed our families a million times. Why? Because we can do what Jesus did. He didn't do the impossible. He believed the impossible. One more scripture. We're going to get ready to wrap up here in just a second. Look at this next scripture. John chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. It says, then Jesus spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go and wash yourself in the pool of Salam. Salam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. So what did Jesus do? Y'all do it with me? No, I'm just kidding. I thought that'd be funny. I was hoping it'd be funny anyway. He just spit in the mud, spit in the dirt. Made mud, wiped it on his eyes. How many know everybody here can do that? We're not going to do that today, but you can do that. You can do what Jesus did. Why? Because Jesus never did the impossible. He just believed that the impossible was possible. Small faith turns simple acts like spitting in the dirt into supernatural works. Small faith turns a prayer of blessing into a miracle that feeds 5,000. Small faith turns one word that says stretch out your hand into a supernatural healing for a man whose hand was deformed. Small faith takes a simple act of touching somebody's eyes and saying according to your faith, and all of a sudden three blind men are healed and they can see. Small faith turns simple acts of obedience into supernatural works. Last point, here it is. Small faith says you can have whatever you say, and you can do whatever Jesus did, because nothing is impossible to those who believe. So here's a million dollar question today. What do you believe? Do you believe God's good? Do you believe He's for you and not against you? Do you believe that Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly? Do you believe it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance? Do you believe that your sons and your daughters, your grandchildren were created for the glory of God and therefore they have a redemptive purpose and it's not God's will that they should perish? Do you believe that he came to destroy every work of darkness and every work of the enemy? That every sickness and every disease and every addiction and every stronghold and every bondage would be abolished in the mighty name of Jesus? Do you believe that? Let me just be honest with you today. I I feel like we we intellectually believe it. (laughs) but I think sometimes we struggle in our hearts because it's not enough for us to intellectually acknowledge truth. Jesus said you got to believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth for the miracle to happen. Most of us intellectually acknowledge the truth of scripture. We acknowledge that we believe God can do anything but in our hearts is where we struggle. And Holy Spirit, just remind me, you remember the story of the man who brought his son to Jesus and he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. So the Bible is really clear. It's very simple. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is what I want to challenge you to do. I originally thought, I said, Lord, I'm just going to challenge everybody to find every scripture on what they're believing for. And the Holy Spirit checked me this morning. He said, don't tell them to find every scripture. That's too much. He said, tell them to find three. So I don't know what you're believing here, but not believing here. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's deliverance. Maybe it's breakthrough. I'm not sure. You know in your head that God can do it, but in your heart you struggle. So this is what I want to challenge you to do. Find three scriptures that promise what you're believing for. Because the Bible says all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. Find three scriptures and then begin to confess those scriptures out loud every day. Begin to confess the word faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I want you to find three scriptures, begin to confess those scriptures out loud every day over your life. And don't, and don't, and don't ask God to do what he's already said he would do. Agree with God that it's already done. So, Father, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. I thank you, Lord, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, that it is your will that I have, a, that I have an abundant life, that I live a rich and satisfying life that it is your will that I prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. God, that it is your will that you would meet every need in my life according to your riches and glory. That you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. God, I thank you that whatever I put my hands to will prosper and I will have good success. Lord, because I am chosen and I am anointed and I am accepted and I am loved. I am a child of God and the favor of God is upon me. You surround me like a shield. And God, everywhere I go and everything that I do will be blessed because the blessing of God is in my life just begin to declare those promises every day and you know what will happen faith will come either faith will come or God is a liar y'all with me either faith will come or God is a liar and God's not a liar so if you'll confess the word you know what will happen faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will quicken that word to you. And you'll have an expectation and you'll begin to get a vision and a perception of what God is doing. Kelly and I, let me just share this with you. We're going to close. Kelly and I were talking. We've got specific people in our lives that we're praying for. Some need salvation. Some need healing. Some need breakthrough. And I told her yesterday, I said, you know what? It's really hard to be discouraged when you really believe. It's hard to be discouraged when you really believe. Now, the people we're praying for, we get discouraging reports all the time. They're doing exactly the opposite of what we're praying for them to do. But yesterday, we just had one of those little moments. And I mean, my heart was so encouraged. And the Holy Spirit said, Keith, he said, this is what faith feels like. It's hard to be discouraged when you really believe. And I'm not saying I don't get discouraged because I do. I'm just saying I had a little moment yesterday. (laughs) And the Lord drove something home in me. He said, Keith, this is what faith feels like. And here's the good news. We can live from that place. We can live. The just shall live by faith. We can live from that place of faith and we don't have to be discouraged. So I want you right now, let's just bow our heads today. Thank you, Father. So Father, I thank you today for a spirit of faith right now being released to every person listening and watching this broadcast today. For every individual in the room here today and every individual on our online campus today, I thank you right now for a spirit of faith and expectation and expectation and a perception of truth that overrides the circumstantial evidence of our life and decrees that your word trumps everything in our lives. So I bless your people today with faith. Faith to believe, faith to persevere, and faith to see every good word made a reality. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.